Welcome, my name is Natasha Sherman and I am your host. So being a child of immigrants and knowing what that experience was and what it took to kind of make it in a new country, I'm always fascinated by the immigrant story and what it takes and what the challenges are. And of course each story is different, but today my guests are Nyamatola Ayubi and his brother Mustakim Ayubi. And I have to say, I first met them at the Afghan Grill and Kebab on Route 33 in Hamilton and fell in love with their food, fell in love with their passion for their food, with their customer service, with the heart that they pour into it. And then of course we started to chat and we started kind of getting each other's stories. So I invited them to be here today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So uh, I'm going to start with you, Mustakim, because you're younger. Sure. <laughs> you're the younger brother. But you weren't born uh, in uh, Pakistan or Afghanistan, and your heritage is Af Afghan, yes. yes. Uh, you were born in this country, but you're still part of a community and a philosophy and kind of living in that environment of people who have come from another country. Right. So, as born in America and then being surrounded by all the values that you're taught to sustain your culture, what were the challenges? I think the, the biggest thing for me growing up in this country, um, you know, having that exposure to a large family and coming from, you know, immigrant background, as in my parents and some of my siblings, um, I think it was it was a little different from the way um, you know the normal culture was or the normative culture in America, um, but if you would go home, you know you would feel like grounded. You know you'd have your family there to be able to you know to provide for you that that companionship and the company and you know being able to share experiences and and memories and stories with you know so many people with so many different backgrounds because. You know, our family comes from so many different places in the world, not just in Afghanistan. Um, but, you know, number one, I would say I was discussing with one of my friends one time of like, you know, am I part of like American culture or, you know, Afghani culture? Um, but to that, I would really say, you know, it's a mixture of both because like you have exposure to like so many cultures in your life. And I, I found it as like a great blessing um, to be able to, you know, see so many different um, perspectives yeah. in life. And that was, it wasn't challenging like to a certain degree, but I would say it was a little difficult to figure that out like throughout the years. And I feel like I would, I probably came to that realization recently in my high school, you know, years, just yeah. like thinking about it, about family and, you know, my place in this country and my identity in this country. It's really great and it's so interesting because, and I'm sure everybody's experience is different, but you clearly are open-minded and kind of look to pick the best from each of them. And again, you know, growing up, you create an identity. And, and so what's your identity? Am I American? Am I Afghan? And it's like weaving those yeah. together and, and identifying with the pieces that really appeal to you. And to me, it sounds like one of the biggest things is living in an extended family where there are a lot of people and you're all very family oriented. And it's like you say, when you come home, you're grounded. Like, oh, 
I can relax. Like yeah. this is this is my grounding. And then you could go out and you know learn other things. Right. Yeah. So um, so now I turn to the older brother. And you sure. you were born in Afghanistan. Yes. Yeah. And then at two years old, you when I, was it when the Russians invaded? Uh, yes, I was born on 1979. Yes. And that's when Russia invaded, right in the same same uh, same same time frame. So two years old, we moved to Pakistan, Karachi, and then I was there. I did my high school there. In 1997, I came to the U.S. and that's it. So your father had come ahead of everyone. Yes, he was so here. So that he before. could lay the groundwork and set things up, so that he could bring the rest of his family. Yeah, he did all the hard work. Yeah. When we came here, we got everything ready. So we had yeah. everything ready. Yeah. Uh, but the people who came before, they did all the hard work. Mm -hmm. So you know, when they came, you heard a story. I came with hundred dollar in my pocket. Mm -hmm. I came with two hundred in my pocket. I came with five, and then you see they have. They worked hard. They they live in the same place where they work, mm -hmm. and try to do good for their family. Mm. And from what I've observed, because your Afghan kebab and grill is my favorite place to eat, so I'm there a lot. And uh, uh, from what I observe of you, uh, you have this incredible work ethic. So it's yes, your father prepared it, and you moved into it, mm. and. You know that you didn't have to do what he did, but you work hard. Well, you have to work hard. You have to work to have uh, food for your kids. Uh, if you don't work, then I'm sorry, you won't do anything. You just stay home. Yeah. Uh, but I like what I do, so do what you like. If you don't like it, don't do it. Yeah. Uh, I love cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I get. I love eating the food. Oh, well, thank you for coming and thank you. Thanks that you like it. Uh, but yeah, I, I love working and yeah. I love cooking. And I'm there almost five days a week. Even on my day off, I go and the kids say, please take us somewhere. <laughs> and then I have to take some time off like the other day. So I took him out and. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, the other thing is, you know, one of the things that comes through to me uh, is that uh, when I come there is uh, your passion for what you do and your passion for your customers. And that's very rare because sometimes people will do what they need to do to make money, but you, you seem to be really invested in your customers. Well, it's not always about money. Mm. It's not always about money. It's a respect. You want to treat people right. Uh, and you want to be treated right. Mm. So if you treat right, and you want it, you get treated right, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it works. Yes. So it's very interesting to me. So Mustakim, you you kind of were born here, and here's your brother who you know kind of came here a little younger than you are now, uh, but you had very different backgrounds. Does this impact how you perceive life? Not how I perceive life, but I would say, um, you know, being exposed to, you know, seeing my family um, grow up the way they do and work the way they do and their work work ethic, I think it, it's all aligned with like one 
sort of mentality that comes out of it and it's you know something I got out of it is like and it's aligned with Afghan culture too is service service for people and hospitality and you know sharing that you know sharing food with people and being able to have conversations over chai and other foods that you know non whatever it may be um, but in terms of perspective of life mm -hmm. I would say yeah there are some differences maybe um, in uh, in upbringing and and maybe in terms of what I'm doing throughout the day but um, I would share I would say that we share similar um, mentalities or moral code rather yeah. yeah yeah interesting because I was the youngest and I I know sometimes when I talk to my sister uh, it, it sounds like we grew up in different households, you know, and I, I often say, well, I was the youngest. By the time they got to me, they were tired. They just kind of left me alone to do what I wanted yeah. to do, you know. So there is something about that. But I think as you're talking about, it's kind of the the ethics and the the values that you have in common. Yeah. 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 But I, there, there are like, it's not, it's, it's a little more nuanced. It's not, you know, just cookie cutter, you know, we all share... Yes, there are different ways, like, you know, things we were exposed to, whether it be, like, school over here or just, you know, even to the extent of, like, seeing family and living in a third world country. I haven't actually lived in a third world country. I've visited, but I haven't, you know, there are some things that maybe I don't have that maybe my brother would have, or maybe some things I would have that my brother wouldn't sure. have. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you came when you were a teenager, 15 or 16, 16 yes? 16, yes, yeah. yeah. So that's a very ripe age for a lot of things to happen. Yes. So you came here. You didn't speak any English. No, no. So what was that like? It, it was uh, tough, a little bit hard. I did go to school for three months. I did high, uh, high school back home and uh, until 10. Mm -hmm. Then I came here. I did uh, uh, school for three months for English mm -hmm. classes. And after that, I started working. Mm -hmm. uh, in a restaurant. We had a restaurant in uh, downtown Trenton mm -hmm. and I was there uh, from 7 till 5. I would go with my father, come back. I didn't have a car, no license. <laughs> wow. So uh, in the beginning it was a little bit tough for me too but I had uh, my cousins here before mm -hmm. so they, they will uh, take me to places with them mm -hmm. so that's how I learned uh, to get with the flow. Yes. To go yeah, with, to fit in. Yeah, yeah. You have to fit in. If you don't fit in, it's going to be very tough. When very you tough. first arrived, did being in America, was it a match for what you thought ahead of time? No. Or was it, <laughs> yeah, tell me about that. Different. What was different than Over your there, imagination? You, uh, uh, movies, the Tom Cruise, Rainbow, <laughs> uh, big buildings in New York. So when I came here, and I was looking for buildings. I said, where is all the buildings? Mm -hmm. You know, New Jersey doesn't yes, have that many yes, buildings. Yes. And uh, I was, uh, it was uh, summertime, hot time. And we were passing, I saw Wawa. Oh, wa yes. wa. In, in our language, Wawa means uh, uh, very good, very good. And I looked at it, I was like, Wawa, there you go, with the beginning. America <laughs> is the beginning. Oh, welcome good. to America. America. <laughs> very good, very good. That means welcome, welcome. And it's a blessed, blessed. That's it. I'm very, very lucky to be here. Uh, I don't know if I stay there. I don't know. What, what would I be doing? Yeah. Here, I have family. I have house, thanks God. Business, uh, car. 
I can get what I want. So yeah. it's beautiful. God bless me here. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah that's great. Mm -hmm. um, so was there any time in your youth that you kind of rebelled against, like, you know, typically in this country, we go through the rebellious stage, you know, we don't buy into our parents' values, we, you know. We're, of course, teenagers, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh -huh. You know, I came with this mindset that I'm going to America, the things over there that you can do. Over there was just uh, school, home, and then play kids outside here uh, in movies, buildings. Uh, parties. Parties, of course, <laughs> uh, parties. And uh, friends mm -hmm. and cars. And loosey-goosey, kind of. You know, <laughs> yeah. here's different. Uh, but what you see in the movies over there, you want to get to America fast. Yeah. You just want to get to America. And once you get here, there's the bills start. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the bills start yeah. nonstop. You, you make it and you pay. But back home, uh, there's not much bills over there. Here, when I came, I didn't even know what the insurance is, car insurance. Wow. So one day I got pulled over. That's a funny story. Uh, Twelve o'clock uh, in the morning, I stole my father's key, car key. Mm. And I didn't have a license, mm -hmm. but <laughs> I know how to drive. Uh -huh. So I went with my buddies uh, outside uh, partying. Three o'clock in the morning, coming back, music loud, the windows down, uh -huh. and the police pulled me over. Uh -huh. So he asked me, uh, can I see your license, insurance, and registration? And with my broken English uh, officer, if I tell you true, I can drive, but I don't have license. He said, oh yeah, you don't have license, okay. Uh, license and in, uh, insurance. I said, what is license and insurance? I don't even know license and insurance, <laughs> I swear. They said, okay. They stepped me out. Uh, he said, if I want, I can give you a bunch of tickets, but I won't do that to you. You just call your father to come pick you up. You can leave the car here. The uh, very good police officer, he didn't give me no tickets. Wow. I was lucky. You were very and lucky. And then uh, I called my father. Back then, there was no cell phones or anything. Right. I had to look for payphone in a quarter. Uh, luckily, I found the payphone, <laughs> and I called him. He said, where are you? We're calling from this time. And then he came, picked me up. And was he? Well, of course. I don't want to <laughs> say that story, but yes, of course. <laughs> but there were repercussions, uh, uh, yes, right? <laughs> yes, 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 of course. So did you go through any rebellious stage where you kind of veered off? Well, not necessarily. I mean, I think... Obviously, like everyone has that in their life, or sure. but I feel like I was just like mostly focused on you know my education or school or just maybe even friends. Um, but I haven't really like um, you know gone out of my right. way and like right. left the house or something or sneaked out, and yeah. stolen a car. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you have your situations where yes. you're like, okay, I'm gonna they, leave. They my parents don't know I'm out. That's yeah. yeah. They were born here. Yeah. The, uh, they had everything very easy. I mean, uh, relatively, yeah, relatively. just different challenges. Uh, yes, yeah. different challenges. Absolutely. But uh, not like over there. Uh, it's a different lifestyle. Yeah. There's different lifestyle. Uh, a customer came to uh, my store and we were ch talking. You mm -hmm. know, I love to talk to people when mm -hmm. they come. I would like to know what the, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you think only you, ha you have the problems. Yeah. But if you listen to more people, you forget about your uh, yeah. your problems. Yeah. 
so that's why I like to talk to people, right. you know, get mm -hmm. to know them. So he was uh, telling me about their uh, grandkids. Mm -hmm. Like they got it so easy and whatever they ask for, they have it. I said, my friend, do me a favor. Send your, your grandkids to my country for one week. When they come, I swear they will listen to you. Yeah. They it's will a listen different to perspective. you. Yeah. And you know, they hear about it, but they don't experience it. So I want to ask you, because before we run out of time, is it, are there challenges being a Muslim in America? And especially after 9-11, I mean, you know, so much changed. So for you, what are the challenges? What are, anything you want to say about that? For being a Muslim, um, I would say uh, requires, you know, strong faith in, in what you do, regardless of the circumstances and maybe misconceptions of the religion itself. Um, but me as an individual, I try my best to, you know, uh, share that knowledge with people because I think there's a lot of ignorance out there with, you know, religion itself and specifically Islam. Um, after some, you know, some instances that would happen or something that, you know, people would see on the TV about a Muslim and they would never meet a Muslim themselves and talk to a Muslim or have a neighbor and find out, you know, you know, what are they doing on their weekends? And, mm -hmm. you know, to see that, you know, that Islam, like if, if you get to know a true Muslim, mm -hmm. you'll be able to see, um, you know, the reality of the religion. Um, but the number one thing I would say is to not judge the religion based on the actions of the people. Because those are completely separate, yeah. right? Humans are nowhere perfect. Yeah, nowhere perfect. You could say that about any religion, really. Yes, for sure. You know, there's religion, and then there's the way humans practice the for religion, sure. and that's where it runs amok at times. Yeah. But have you felt any persecution, personal persecution? I would say that you know, I grew up in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Um, I feel like some people, I haven't had any like you know real like someone really going out to hurt me or mm -hmm. anything but I would say people are a little cautious sometimes mm -hmm. you know they would see a beard and like oh my god what's this guy mm -hmm. you know um, maybe a little intimidated mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure you know many other Muslims would probably say the same thing mm -hmm. especially with like you know our parents and the women you know when they would wear a headscarf you know and walk in you know the streets and people would see that and start to make assumptions about them, you know, that, like, you know, who is this lady? Is she oppressed? Is, you know, she's wearing, she's covering up. Um, but I would say rarely people would go up and approach them and ask them about it. Right. Um, but I haven't, you know, I would say that people are more um, curious mm -hmm. than, you know. That's good. Yes. You know, it's interesting. Uh, there's this wonderful book called The Four Agreements, and it's really four things to live by, and, and one of them is make no assumptions. Yeah. Because that's where trouble comes in, you know. We, we see something and then we filter it through all mm -hmm. of our existing belief systems yeah. as opposed to getting curious and asking questions. And I think what you're saying is true. A lot of it is just like, uh, you know, they don't quite know. And I remember, and this was a long time ago, but uh, you know, uh, my ex-husband is Jewish and I'm not. And so when I first brought him home to meet my parents, and I lived in this isolated little town in Canada, um, I realized 
it's not prejudice in a lot of cases. It's lack of familiarity. Yes. So it's just kind of if you all sat down and ate bread and food and played music and, you know, uh, it would break down all those barriers, something really simple about just connecting. Right. Yeah. So for you, did you have any different experience as far as being a Muslim? No, no. I mean, uh, before 9-11, uh, I didn't even know who Osama bin Laden was. Yeah. I swear, I, didn't, I never heard his name before. <laughs> yeah. So after that, that's really an incredible statement. Yeah, no, it is. It, that's I'm, I'm just it's telling very you. revealing uh, to people like to. Yeah, to I didn't get. know. I didn't know him. I didn't know he's existent. I didn't know that he was sitting in my country. Right. And that he's from another country, but he's sitting in my country. So I didn't know before 9/11. Uh, after that, the media, the TV, too much mm -hmm. Islam, mm -hmm. Islam, and then. People start thinking about it. That what is Islam? Why everybody's talking about it? Mm -hmm. If you want to know about Islam, visit a Muslim. Yes. Ask him a question. Don't be scared. Yes. Just ask him a question. Why you are like that? Yeah. And he will tell you why yeah. is he like that. Yeah. Which is not. He's not like that. He's just regular person like you are. But uh, people aren't trained to take the time to uh, learn and explore. So the media yes. feeds us these one-liners, you know. And one then, side. Yeah, and we're brainwashed and, you know, yeah, we make assumptions. A, yeah, yeah, we like to party, we like to eat, <laughs> uh, we like, I mean, it's, yes. it's, uh, it's called just, being human, yeah. You, yes, being human. Yeah. yeah. So, but there's some people, they don't go out to the house, just watch TV, and just, they get that from there. Yeah. And if you, if you wanna know a good Muslim, when you go to their house, then you will find out what Islam is, yeah. what uh, Muslim supposed to be. But there is a lot of Muslim who is not following. Uh, just like Christianity, just like any religion, other religion. Every and then religion. we we just we paint it with one paintbrush, as opposed to each individual has their their own way of practicing their religion. I remember years ago, uh, a friend was going to have this. It was kind of cute. This official kind of British tea party. And she asked us to wear hats and whatever. And uh, so we were sitting around and something came up about Hindus and they worship cows. And I said, that's not really it. They don't worship cows. It's an aspect, it represents an aspect of God. And um, I said, so you should really study a little more, read a little more. And she said, I'm very liberal. I accept anybody who's accepted Jesus. And I thought, what? <laughs> like, that's it? And that's, that's I, it was it. like, I, I mean, it was unbelievable. And that's kind of what happens a lot of the time. It's like you, you narrow down your world. Um, so we only have a few minutes, but I want to ask you the question about arranged marriage. To us in the West, it's like, <gasps> but I've met enough people who have had arranged marriages, who have wonderful marriages, that I understand it's just, you grow up with a different perspective and different expectations. Yes, ma'am. And for me, it wouldn't suit me, but it doesn't mean it's not viable or a good thing. Uh, so yours was an arranged marriage. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, mine was arranged. You know, uh, uh, arranged marriage and love marriage is basically the same thing. The same thing. You get married first and then you love after. Yeah. In love, you love first, you get married after. Yes, so, and then uh, you stop loving. And then <laughs> you stop loving. But, uh, I, I mean, it's everybody has their own opinion. Yes. Their own, uh, uh, me, personally, 
very happy with arranged marriage. Yeah. I would want my kids the same. Because you know what? Your parents don't want bad for you. They want good for you. So when they go to buy something for you, they will get the best thing. They will get the best thing for you. They won't get something that you will get hurt from it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, in so my opinion... So you trust them to find absolutely. someone? Absolutely. And how long have you been married? Uh, 15, 16 years. And you're happily married? Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. And you learn to love one another? Yes, ma'am. And after all that time, we can't live without each other. And that's, that, that's pretty love. pretty incredible. This is love. Yeah. That's love. And the other is just love in the beginning after, because you don't know each other. Yeah, and, and, and I once said, just, you know, it's because in our Western culture, we start up here in euphoria and hormonal bliss and whatever else. Mm -hmm. And then there's only place to go is down or, you know, or to hopefully, you know, learn to integrate all the other things. But you're right. You, you Yeah. Your relationship to that is that it's fine. It's perfect. I would say similar to what my brother was saying that in that I trust my parents and their decision, but I feel like there's this misconstrued understanding of arranged marriage where, yes, maybe in some cases there's extremes of it, and which I, I don't agree with. Um, but what it really comes down, it's not like, oh, um, I will never see this person in my life and it's just like, you know, a blind date mm -hmm. that you're just right. gonna yeah. just match and then, oh, you have to deal with whatever right. it is. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it would be through conversation with parents and my parents being able to talk with me and you know, ask for my opinion and, and what do you think? And it's, it's more open. It's not yeah. really like right. this, like, you know, yes. it is what it is. This is what we're, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's a whole, it's a bigger process. And yeah. I feel like I trust in what my parents' decision would be. And I, I think uh, the idea is that what you said is really good. It's sometimes it's badly arranged and people are forced into it. But that's not the whole the, the entire population. Right, that, no. That's the exception. That's yeah. people just like, you know, we have exceptions here. Mm. So, yes, you were going to say? No, uh, what I was going to say is uh, it's, it's not like if your father say you're go, going to get married and that's it. No, right. you have has to ask me. You have input. Yes, and same thing with yeah. the, uh, the, uh, the girl side. I have to ask her. If they both agree and say yes, then they go forward. It's not like this is it. It's right. end of the world. Done no, deal. no, 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 no. Yeah. It's not like that. So we're actually at the end of our time. And I want to really thank you for being here, for being so open, and for the wisdom that you bring to the thank conversation. Thank you for inviting us. And I'm amazed that Mustakim is 18 years old, mm -hmm. and he has a lot of wisdom. And, uh, you know, he, it's clear that he thinks about things. He does. And, he does. and there is a wisdom that you carry with you from your experiences in life mm -hmm. and your commitment to people. So I really appreciate who you are. And, of Thank course, you. I invite everybody to check out Afghan Grill and Kebab on Route 33 in Hamilton. And we have one in North Brunswick, too. My name is Natasha Sherman. Thank you for joining us.